Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with Kashrus issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight our topic is going to be a continuation of yesterday. Whether you heard it or not, I was on J-Root yesterday with the Pesach Charney's program, the Balchuva program, and we talked a little bit about Kiruv and the people who became Balchuva and how they adjust to being in the from world, the, the, together with FFBs and with Gayrim. So there's quite a bit of an interest, in, and the program yesterday was very, very good. People came up to me, and they loved the show, and therefore I decided today that I'm going to continue the topic on some areas that I wanted to put together, which I think appropriate for this particular show, which is Kashmas on the Air, and the topic tonight will be the Balchuva and his integration into the whole area of keeping kosher. Now, that affects everybody, whether you are yourself a balachuva, or maybe even you're not even sure you're into it yet. Maybe you're, you're still on the border with some of the issues. But even more so, if you're a, a from-from-birth person who has these balachuva coming into the house, who meets them at work, you know, there's a lot of issues that we all tie into, and I thought it would be interesting tonight, a little bit of a change, to continue the programming that we did yesterday. So before, before we begin, I just want to make, uh, as always, a couple of announcements and a couple of points that, that will be of general interest. Uh, it, unfortunately, we all heard the news about the three kidnapped yeshiva boys from Eretz Israel, just a few short maybe hours ago or even less, and the tragedy is, is very raw. We all davened, we said to Hillam, we did whatever we could do in the time that existed in these last two or three weeks. But I was just thinking, after it happened, on my way here to the studio, I was thinking that I carry a card for Levi Kletsky. Wherever I go, I'm, I'm with the card, Leiby Kletsky's card. Leiby Kletsky was uh, a, a young boy who was killed here in, in Borough Park. And everybody probably remembers the story, the, 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 the terrible situation that he went through and his final demise. So Leiby is, is, is somebody that we don't want to forget. He was very young and obviously didn't accomplish that that much in his own uh, I see if I'm not sure the card is with me it's supposed to be with me uh, he didn't accomplish that much in his young life because he was just a, a young boy he wasn't bar mitzvah yet and yet through his death many many people took on to do additional mitzvahs I see the card is the card is not here and we have to go find it in the house but there's a card that was put out. And somebody put out that card and do a mitzvah for Levi. And that card, um, people took around for years. I mean, as I say, I have a couple of them in the house. I go, I'm going to put mine back into the, uh, into the wallet. And, and what we need to somebody, hopefully, will come forth and create a similar thing that, to what, what they had with uh, Levi. Because, unfortunately... Things will be forgotten, and that is tra- That is extremely tragic. These three boys—they lost their lives. That, but we should not lose sight of who they were, 
what they represented as people who were learning in yeshiva and people living in Eretz Israel, especially one making Aliyah, who was an American citizen and who made Aliyah to Eretz Israel, we should feel an obligation to do mitzvahs so I'm not going to belabor it, but this is something that hopefully somebody will come to the fore, make up a card, make a, make a clear thing that will remind everybody of them and their names, and this, we should do mitzvahs. And today's program, we're dedicating to their memory. That's a, on, on a very negative uh, note. But without further ado, I'd like to go into our program for today. And I'd, I'd like to share with you, before I start, a little vort from Rav Avigda Miller You know, we show every week a video of Rav Avigda Miller. Many people never saw him. There's so many years already, almost it's 14 years since he passed away. But we show it regularly, videos of Avigda Miller. And he mentioned an interesting thing. He said, keeping kosher had two things that he pointed out with keeping kosher, which I thought was interesting to mention to you people today. One was that when we eat kosher, we're eating a royal diet. It's a royal diet because it has requirements. It has exact requirements that cannot be adjusted. This is the way it must be. For the king, it must be done very royally. It must be done a certain way. As we, as we have, for example, we say, uh, when dealing with the issue of Bishul Akum, we say it has to be It has to be worthy to come on a king's table. Well, all of our kashras is we're B'nai Molochim, and we, we are actually princes, and we're eating the food really from king's tables. That's the way we can look at it on one side. And Ramilla talked about the fact that we don't eat snails, and we don't eat uh, worms, and we don't eat all these crawling things, which are the lower element of the, of the living world. And our foods are a kingly manner. We eat foods that were brought for korbanas. We are eating a different kind of a level of food. So that's one thing he mentioned. And the other one was very interesting. He's talking about how if a person breaks his desires... There's a pasuk in Mishlei, a person breaks his desires, it's good for the neshama. And that's obviously what we're doing. We are working on our neshama and making sure that uh, our neshama is pure. And we do that by controlling what we eat and how we eat and even the way we eat and even how much we eat, hopefully we control, because halacha requires that. If a person eats too much, he is over in Isa Oraisa of Baltishaksu. If a person eats too much, he gets an Aveira. So if you go to three or four Kiddishes, you have to think. Maybe if you have a little piece here and a little piece there and a little piece there. Otherwise, skip eating it a couple of them. Because it's not at a certain point, your own food and this one's food and that one's food, it's already Baltishaksu. It's already perhaps in the level of an Aveira. So that's a Jew, how a Jew uh, approaches eating. Anyway, I wanted to talk today about the Baal Tshuva in different aspects of his life and involvement with us in the community. So first of all, we talk about what I say, what I call the way in. The Baal Tshuva is not a Baal Tshuva in one minute. It's a process, and the process takes time. It may take 
weeks, months, years. In some people's lives, it took many years until they made the, the step to do tshuva in, in a more complete fashion. Maybe they made a little step here, a little step there. But to make the real plunge, sometimes it takes years until they're ready for it. And in that time, there, 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 there's a lot of open and confused confusion and a lot of need of help. So if you're, for example, you're inviting somebody into your house for Shabbos, which we've done so many times already over the years, invite somebody into the house for Shabbos, and you know that they're not necessarily, some people are, you know, on the way, they're not from yet, they're on the way, sometimes they keep kosher all the time, and sometimes only partially, and they're coming in, now we have an opportunity, not just to tell them that Shabbos is beautiful, but you have to know, they don't know very much. Sometimes they don't know the most rudimentary things about keeping kosher. I don't say you have to, you have to, uh, you know, give uh, give a shear, and I don't think you have to go ahead and and give a musa shmuz. You don't have to rebuke them, but you have to help them because a lot of times they don't know very much. I remember when I I was having people into my house years ago, and I was a a boy. I wasn't married yet young man, and we had uh, somebody come to the house, and later on, that person became from, and said to me, do you know that when I was in your house, you said that you're eating ice cream for dessert, and it's a meat meal. I said, not ice cream for dessert. Well, you you called it ice cream cake. Oh, you mean that thing? That was like, you know, with some kind of a whip. Together with a with a uh, with some cookies, we call it ice cream cake. It wasn't ice cream at all. It wasn't even the fake ice cream. It was another thing, you know, a whip. And it wasn't the ice cream cake. But that's what we called it in our house. We called it that. And sure enough, this person felt that we were eating milchiks, and they had a complaint to us. Why didn't we? Weren't we more careful? I said, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" Everybody knows you can't have meat and milk. She said, I knew that you couldn't have meat and milk, but I didn't know you couldn't have milk after meat. So she said, had made a mistake. And therefore, when she became from, she mentioned it to us. So I, I, from that point on, I was very careful. I remember in those days, when I was, we first got married, we used to use margarine at the meat meals. I don't do it anymore. We used to use margarine. There's a lot of other things to use. We didn't know we used to use margarine at meat meals. It was sort of in place of butter. And we would put something on the, the, the little server that was brought to the table that says parva, so that people would know they shouldn't make a mistake like this young lady made so many years before. So that's something that we, as people who invite others in, will communicate with people who are coming into Yiddishkeit, that's where we have to address the issue and we have to be careful how we present ourselves to them that they shouldn't be misled. Very important point. And you have to know also that when somebody's coming in, the way, on the way in, it is step by step. And don't make the assumption that they can do everything so easily. In fact, when we do work with people who are on the way into Yiddishkeit, we tell them to slow down. We don't want to rush them. Because when you rush people, then it becomes too much and they can't keep it up. 
They want to do it all. They want to do it all this week. We're going to do everything from A to Z. But the point is, could they keep it up? And a lot of times they can't, and then they throw it out. So the best way is to say, take something, add it on, try to do this. Let me know how it's going. That's the way to get people in step by step. And therefore, don't assume just because somebody talks already pretty from already. They seem to be saying all the Hebrew words. There's a Baruch Hashem, they got all the phrases in there, and the Yashukayach, and Tiskila Mitzvahs, everything they're saying, just like they were born into it, but who knows where they're really holding. And therefore, you have to take it step by step, realize that they have to take it step by step, and don't make any assumptions. Now, let's say they get past that. So now they're, they're from, they're observant, they want to keep kosher, and we don't have to deal with that. Although I, I'd like people to call in. You can call in anytime. The number here is 718-683-5858. And you can text us at 347-927-8398. Again, 718-683-5858 for calls. 683-5858. And texting is 347-927-8398. And while we're mentioning it, if you're not listening on the telephone, it's really very handy you, it's something that you can do in your house and just turn it on and leave it on for hours Is seven, if you have two lines, 718-506-9099. That's the uh, call-in. And uh, otherwise, you can get us in J-Root Radio, J-R-O-O-T, radio.com. Uh, and this is, uh, this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, Kashrus Magazine, and I'm talking today about Kiruv, uh, Balachuvas, and Kashrus. That's our area, Kashrus, right? So now the person went over that, and they got, they're now observant. But there are many, many steps that are left, and they have to make many, many decisions, and they need our help. Yes, now they're keeping Shabbos, and they're keeping coaches. Yes, but they still have decisions to make. I had, we had a uh, wonderful woman, unfortunately, passed away very young, and she had become from... And then went to Eretz Israel and came back very from, keeping all the chumras you could imagine. It was really beautiful. And she wrote a series of articles for us in the Kashrus magazine. They are some of the best that we ever had. And she talks about her experiences. We never use her name, but the experience is amazing in how she, she couldn't originally, when she became from, she couldn't do it all at once. And she would go back and forth and back and forth. And she would do some pretty bad things for kosher. At the same time, she was trying her best to be kosher. It was a very interesting article. It exposed me to some things I never even realized existed. And then the struggle that she had to decide what level of kashras, what madrega, what level of kashras, what the standards are that she wanted to have for her life. Do you go chal of Yisrael? And we've had on this show people called in with that question. Should I? What's the story? Why do I need to? We've had, we've had the callers here struggling with that issue. Do I start keeping Chal of Yisrael? Pass Yisrael. Then there are meat standards. Some people will not eat from certain situations of meat. I'm not going to get into the details now. So there's this, are there are standards in terms of meat, and we have to make our decisions about that. And then the biggest problem, which all Baalei Tshuva have, and which all from from birth people have, is how do I deal with my family? My father's not religious. My, my parents 
invite us and we, we feel we can't go. There's a simcha in the family. I want to go, but what do I do? What do I eat? How can I conduct myself? I don't want to make a chil Hashem, and yet I don't want to do something wrong. These are problems that all the Bali Shuva have. I told the famous story over here, way, way back, I believe I told the story. It's an extraordinary story. I got a call, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, in those days, the magazine was a little teeny-weeny thing. It was called probably Kashmir's Newsletter. And I got this call from somebody that I don't know who called me just because they saw that I put out this publication. They got my number, called me up late at night, and she said, I'm invited to a non-Jewish wedding. My best friend from my youth is now getting married. She's a goy, she's a goy, and he's a goy. So there's nothing wrong in the marriage. But what do I do? I'd love to participate. How do I handle it? There are struggles that Bali Tshuva have for years and years. And we, as the, the community, have to help these people deal with their problems. And they have to reach out to us and realize that we will be understanding and that we will be helpful to them. There are calls coming in. Okay, we'll just we'll take a call. And if you want to call us at 718-683-5858. I have plenty more to talk about, but we'll just take a break now. Go ahead. Yvonne Kashvis on the air. Can we help you? Yes, I just wanted to say that um, I went once read a very interesting article about the interplay between Balichuvas and SSBs, and I don't remember the source, but they were saying that Balichuvas can learn you know, obviously from SSDs, a certain stability, and, you know, okay, so you don't have Kogel, the Shabbos will still go on, you know. Um, and SSDs can learn from Baal a lot, because after a while, you know, Mitzvah and Ashim it just gets to be a little, um, you know, we do things by rote, and when we see the Baal is so excited, and this is the first Shabbos they're keeping, and the first Pesach, it, it just have such a Hislavas, and, and we can really learn from that a lot. Tremendous, of course. Yeah. I, I remember Rav, Rav, uh, Rav Shmuel Birnbaum saying that. Rav Shmuel Birnbaum, mm-hmm. Rosh Hashiva from Mir Yeshiva, saying that he is inspired by the Hislavas, the enthusiasm of the Bali Tshuva. And everybody is inspired by it. So, of course, mm-hmm. it makes us think a hundred times over, are we doing enough? And the answer is no. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's why we have this interplay. Why don't mm-hmm. Bali Tshuva, you know, just create Bali Tshuva societies outside? Because we are forced at that point, to have the mirror image, to start looking at ourselves and say, are we as good as that person over there? And they're struggling, mm-hmm. and they're keeping their Yiddishkeit, and they're growing every day with another Madrega, and they're sitting and learning more and more, and they always keep adding on more and more to their life. And here we are, doing the same thing our fathers did, our grandfathers did, and saying, we're from Jews, we're great. And the mm-hmm. answer is, we, there's a million levels that we could go up. That, that's right. what we always forget about our own growth, and our own need to grow up into higher levels, not standards, mm-hmm. let's say, but levels. There's so mm-hmm. much you can right. do in life. Right. I had a friend who I have a friend who's about Shuvan. <clears throat> she became from through Chabad. And I just couldn't get over it. Like the first place that she got, she was more machmir than me. You know, she was like she she wouldn't even buy sugar. They have like they only make their own sugar, liquid sugar. And she was doing all these things. Like I was just so impressed. Like I just couldn't get over it. She. <laughs> She was, she was more strict than me. Yeah. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you for okay. listening. Thank you. Okay, we, we welcome your calls, whether you are yourself about tshuva, a, a struggle you've had, a struggle that you've, somebody has told you that they had in their life, a question you have, something maybe we, uh, how we could 
uh, describe part of Yiddishkeit, whether it's it's kashras or something else to uh, a Baal or somebody on the way. Call in with your comments on, on the topic that we're taking up tonight, which is the Baal and kashras. So our number here in the studio is 718-683-5858. And if you want to text us, you can do that at 347-927-8398. So we mentioned already about the way in, how the Baal Tshuva enters and the struggle that they have on the way in. And we, when we talked about choosing standards, which is the next step. The third step, and this is crucial, I call being trusted. When does a Baal Tshuva, when is he trusted? When do people feel at ease with him? When do they feel that I can go to his simcha and know that he took care of everything? When do I know that I can go to his house and eat there and not have to ask a question? Another, maybe you're going to ask a silly, a small question, which you ask everybody, you know, is this Yashin or whatever it is, or which, which, uh, what store you use for this. You might ask a basic question. But, whatever, but would you, when would you trust the Baal Tshuva? And that's a level the Baal Tshuva has to reach. And yesterday, when uh, Peso Charney was talking to me on his show, so he mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the, the question of the acceptance by the Baal Tshuva, uh, by the, the Baal Tshuva in the regular society, the Frum from Birth Society. So I mentioned it depends what level the Baal Tshuva reaches. If the Baal Tshuva becomes a Talmud Chacham, he's a Talmud Chacham. And if he, even not a Talmud Chacham, but if he's a, he learned in yeshiva for a number of years and he has a lot of Torah, at that point, he's not anymore a Baal Tshuva. At that point, he's a Ben Torah. He's an he's a equal and that's how my Rebbe Zatzal taught, Rav Hashem, and that a person who is, has gotten, uh, has had Torah, he learned in yeshiva a number of years, at that point the Torah changes him, and you can't look at him as a Baal Tshuva. He is a Torah Jew, and that's it. And in general, that's how we should look at everybody. They are Torah Jews, or they're not Torah Jews. They're sincere, thorough Jews, complete Jews, or they're not 100% complete. That's how we should always look at people. But with the Baal it's different because the Baal comes in with a lot of baggage. They talk a certain way. They think a certain way. They comment us on certain things. They, you know, they maybe mention old days. There are things that they bring. There's a little baggage they come in with. At a certain point, that's not them anymore. And they look and talk and act like a regular Ben Torah. And they are. And there's no right that anybody has to treat them any differently. And that at a certain point, yes, they achieve a level where they can be trusted, where they're the same as you, and maybe a little bit better, and that's exactly what we were leading up to. Now, you have another caller? Go ahead. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? Yes. Go ahead. Rabbi Wicker? Yes, go ahead. This is Shmuel from Brooklyn. I deal with Baal Chuvis, <clears throat> and to underscore what you said before, that there's some Jews uh, like Shermator Mitzvah and not fully Shermator Mitzvah. I like to categorize even better. I once heard a categorization from Shlomo Riskin from Efrat. He said there's only two types of Jews. They're Shomrei Torah and Mitzvot, and they're not yet Shomrei Torah and Mitzvot. So that's one way of putting it. The other one is, as far as kashrus is concerned for restaurants, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention the agency that gives a hashra for several restaurants. I ran into two or three restaurants that do have on their menu the word prosciutto, which definitely alludes to chazir. Yes. 
and I have colleagues that are non-Jewish, but they have happen to be of a Muslim derivative, and they said they wouldn't even step into that. But by us, I told them that by us, you're allowed to touch a chazir that eat from it, by us. Right. By them to say it, and to touch it, they lose oil and harbor crumpish by them. But it's not, not the issue. The issue is to use, I know it's the river, it's, not, it's, 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 it's imitation of prosciutto soup, or prosciutto meat, or ham meat, and openly using those words in the menus. Right, it's kind of... It's It doesn't mean it's osur. We all know they're not serving chazir, but some agencies... I spoke to a top guy in OU that he would never give a hechshar on such an outfit. Right. And let alone... And, and, and I came across an outfit that happens to have a hechshar from a oh, byproduct whatever. of an OU rabbi. Okay, whatever. And uh, some other guys uh, have revulsion, and some other guys openly said absolutely nothing wrong. What is your take? Oh, uh, well, we've talked about it on the radio here many, on, on our show many times. Uh, I, I saw the word crab on the menu of a well-known hashkocha uh, here in Flatbush that, you know, that, that, that no one would question in our neighborhood. And in the end, they, they, uh, so he's in the menu in the store. And it's a crab imitation. I no, know they no, have no, sushi no, 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 no. It didn't say imitation. It said crab. Didn't say imitation. It said crab. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I got it. Uh, it said that that this that they didn't bother to tell the company, to tell the, the restaurant, we don't, um, we don't use that word. If you want to use it, which I don't agree, you should say imitation, which I also don't think is correct. Because what you're doing well, is you're creating. An interest in it, just like saying, True. you know, you, that this is a, that this is a cheeseburger because it's tofu and, and, it's, and, it, and it's meat. Well, it's not even meat. It's, it's an imitation uh, meat and imitation right, tofu. Right. right. You know, so right. the thing, the thing is, the thing is that they even have frozen shrimp. It says frozen. Sh- I have to see exactly what the cover says. Frozen imitation shrimp. Yeah, it's got to say the word that effect, And they have goldfish. They make goldfish and they turn it into shrimp. Right. But, but this, okay, is not, that, this is not new, my friend. Twenty something years ago, it's been around. There, it's been around. There we Mendel's it, Hamish used to make. It's not. Uh, I forgot which which type of food it was, but one of the one of the non one of the forbidden fish. He was. It's not this. It's not that. And he was just using pollock. But he said it, in all the spiels and all the ads, he said it's not this. It's not that. Meaning it was very close and formed to look like it. Made to taste like it, not to fool anybody, but because people still have had that taiva, which is a bad, is a bad thing. That it, it's well, ba- if the Gemara, if the Gemara says that shibuto, the yes. certain type of fish, has the taste of a chazir, so there's somehow the chachomim corroborated it with some non yidin that it does take like a chazir, right. and they say that chazir will also a mutter laosid lovo. Right. So, uh, so the question is, what's what's so bad about? No, there's nothing wrong with eating. There's nothing wrong with eating it, and there's nothing wrong in in telling me, you know, that tastes interesting. And they, everybody tells me that that was chazir, like chazir. So I ate something like chazir, which we, we don't have to go that far. There was they they had also milk and meat in the case of the in the, in the case of uh, uh, the the cow, which is the udder. The, uh, people used to eat other. They don't eat it in America today, but they ate it in Europe. Uh, my, my, one of my Rosh Hashivas ate the kal in Europe. And in addition to that, we, there, are, there are things like uh, uh, liver, which is considered to be blood. 
And so, so there definitely there are things that taste and look in the, but there's no, a well, difference. Liver, liver in the, a special just one second. Just one second. Just one second. There's a difference between eating something that tastes like it and saying, "Wow, that's interesting." Now I know what the thing tastes like. It's another thing to create the uh, the desire for a, it. a venue, a venue to, to make out of it a shtick voidazora to make a thing out of it. That's not allowed. And it, it may be, be forbidden by any safer of halacha, but it's mentioned by all the Musa Swarim. And thank you very much for calling. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi. Call to Abbasah. Oh, before we go, oh, we have another one? Okay, we have another call. Hello? Yes, go on. You're on the air. Yes. What's the story with corn on the cob with <laughs> bugs? Okay, this, we really wanted to get to those things later, but you asked, corn on the cob has not changed. In the last year, we don't recommend it as as as, uh, as is corn on the cob. No, we don't recommend it. You ask, I cannot answer you the percentages of times and the number of insects, but it's considered to be one of those areas that is not easy enough to clean, that the insects stay in the cob. If you would cut the, um, if, if you had, you know, we eat the corn from a can or baby corn. That's what we eat. If you're, if other people tell you differently, call a kavod. I don't, you know, I'm not telling you that there's nobody else in the world, but this is how it's explained here, and that's explained to me, and that's how I give it over. Thank you very much for the call. I, I, before we go on to any other callers, I just want to continue a little bit what we were saying about the Bali Chuva. We talked about, this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashas Magazine, our show, Kashas on the Air. We talked about a Balchuva on the way in, how he has to go step by step, and how we can be of help to him. We talked about the choosing different standards and the struggle in making decisions, especially how they handle themselves with the family. And then we talked a little bit about being trusted. Uh, when does a Balchuva make it? When is he no longer a Balchuva? Not the joke about when he, you know, talks in Miladavani or something. But that we, we mean that when is he accepted? He's at a certain point He's like everybody else. And he should try to achieve that level as soon as he can, of course. And we, as, as the community, have to be open to him at that point. And it's very wrong to consider him all his life. He's a Baal Tshuva. It's Lashon Hara, it's an Avera, and it's not good for him, not good for Anishama, and you have to, we have to avoid it. The last thing I wanted to talk about in relationship to the Balchuva is the uh, is his growing and learning, and this is not appreciated enough by the Balchuva, and I, I would say also not appreciated enough by the person who was a from from birth. Just because somebody is now quote from, doesn't mean he knows all the details. A lot of times he doesn't. You know, when somebody gets married, the man, the woman. They probably didn't do so much in the house. They don't really know the halachas of the house of the kashras. They really don't have it. I, I've had chassanim call me up all the time when they get married. Always this got mixed up and that got mixed up. They don't get it. It takes a long time to them to know all the halachas about, that they need for daily life. I'm not talking about every simon and shulchan aruch, but just to be able to conduct themselves. What happens if this happens and what happens if that happens? They should get their... They have to get their own act together. That's a regular from from birth boy and girl get married and takes a while for them to get all the kinks out of it. 
same thing with a Baal Tshuva, that he could be older, he could be married, she could be married, there could be this or that, but doesn't mean they know everything, even though they're now keeping Shabbos and they're shuckling in the davening and they don't talk and they don't do this, and it looks to you like the same, the, the hat and the jacket and the suit and the tie, and it looks the same, you couldn't even tell the difference, their speech has changed, everything's beautiful, but there's still time to grow, and that's very crucial. The Baal Shuvah has to continue to grow in his learning, and he has to be, and we have to realize that he does need extra information that we could provide and extra help in his learning. A lot of times, the Baal Tshuvas do not grow enough. I talked to many Baal Tshuva about this. One of the, the failings, and it's not just for Baal Tshuva, but it's one of the failings that we have is that people are Shia goers. Oh, I go to the Shia, my, the rabbi is unbelievable. It's Shia like that. And he's prepared. I don't know how he does it all, and he explains it. And he used my cup, and I feel, I feel very energized after that Shia. Uh, can you read the words of the Gemara or, or of the Shulchan Aruch? No, but I, I got the Shia. You can't read the words of the Gemara, so how are you ever going to learn for yourself? Well, I go to this Shia, I go to that Shia. No, no, no. If you can't grow in your learning knowing what the words mean, making headway in your own learning, then you're crippled. And you have to get over that. You have to get to the point where you can do it yourself. And the same thing is even for halachas. It's not enough to ask a Shiloh all the time. You got to get used to knowing the right answer for yourself. It takes time. It takes effort. You got to put in the, the sweat to be able to make it, make it work. Last week's Pasha, Adab Kiyamas Boil. A person has to push himself to learn Torah. So you have to push yourself to make it back all the way. And then we should really, really be Makana, the Balchuva, because most people who are from, from birth cannot come to the level a Balchuva reaches. Not just maybe, they cannot. It's very, very hard. They put in so much effort, that Balchuva, and so many from, from birth people had it easy. And if you have it easy, you don't put in the extra effort, the extra hour in learning late at night, you know, when you come home tired and you put in a little time learning, the extra depth in the sheer. It's got to be something. You got to give up something. You got to give up to get. That's for sure. So that's my little spiel for today. And anybody wants to call on any topic of Kashmir, you can reach us now at 718-683-5858. Or you can email us, at, I mean, text us at 347-927-8398. So please do that. I see we got a, one or two questions that came in. We're going to take care of them in just a moment. I'd like to say a word about Glotmart. We're conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, think of price, service, convenience, and quality. It's a great place to shop. You can, you can save quite a bit of money in Glotmart. And nice service. And if you come in from the East 12th Street entrance, you can uh, park your car at the Valley Parking Service, and they'll have your car ready for you when you leave the store and be able to load up with all those wonderful items you purchased in the store. Some of the items that are for sale this week, starting on Wednesday, from July 2nd to July 8th, include Libra's Wheat Crackers, regular or low-fat, at two thirty-nine. dollars Omnone's 8-Slice Pizza, regular, uh, the regular only it is, $7.49. Merino Italian Ices, a six-pack, $1.89. 
and the meats. Take a look at the plate flank and roast at $11.99. Or how about one of the oven and grill ready uh, items, such as the pepper crusted beef sliders at $7.99 a pound, or beef kofta kebab at $7.99 a pound. So there's great uh, prices on the items in Gladmart. And in Gladmart, the, the quality of the meats is A1. They have kosher certification of both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush. Base Yosef Meats and Expert Nikor. At Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is a 1205 Avenue M, meaning your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell him you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. We have a caller? Okay, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hello. Go ahead. I want to know is Russian kosher? Is what kosher? Russian Coke. Like I have no idea what that OU. is. I have no idea what it's, Russian Coke is. It, it doesn't from have a, Russia. Uh, oh, oh, Coca-Cola made in Russia. That you would have to call the OU, and maybe they could answer you. Their telephone number is 212-563-4000. You can call tomorrow after about 10 o'clock in the morning. Thank you very much for listening. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good night. Okay, another caller? You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello? You're on cautious on the air. Go ahead. If if what, if you ate something flesh eggs then, and you're eating something cold, are you able to use the milk like a spoon? Absolutely. Right away. You don't have to wait any time. No question at all. Okay? okay. Which, uh, which yeshiva are you in? Cold or living liquid. Okay, very good. Thank you for calling in. Keep listening. Okay, any other callers? No? Okay. If you want to, you can reach us at 718-683-5858. Phones are open. You can call and talk about anything. Okay. Um, people asked about frozen corn on the cob, whether that's okay, and the answer is it's no different. We can't accept that either. Uh, I'd like to ask you about the Heksher Kufke DE. So I don't know what you're asking. Kufke is Ashkacha. DE means dairy equipment. And the DE means dairy equipment and, and no dairy ingredients inside, but you can't have it together with meat. If you're asking about the different hechsherim, whether it's a good hechsher or not a good hechsher, unfortunately we can't comment to that on the radio, on, the, on, on J-Root. We don't do that. Uh, may I serve food and drink to someone who became not from, but hopefully will return to Yiddishkeit? I don't get the question. Uh, can you serve? If you're asking, will they make a bracha? If that's what you mean, uh, and we'll discuss it right now. If you mean, can you give them food? That's a mitzvah. Uh, I don't understand the question. But if you mean the question about the bracha, it's a very, very difficult question. I'm going to try to tell you how it can be handled. And this applies to anybody who invites anybody into the house who is not religious and not, not observant of, of kashras and halachas, etc. So what do we do? Because if I hand you this food and you put it in your mouth, it is stealing from God. That's how we understand that if the food in this world, even though God gave it to you, but you're stealing from God because he put the food into this world, even though I'm the one who hands it to you. That's just a, a shliach. I'm just an agent. But he, he, he made the food. And you're eating it. He requires a bracha. That's how we understand it from the Gemara. And it, it's like stealing from God. So how can I go ahead and let you steal from God? 
If I, it's like saying, see that thing over there? It's part of the, it's from the base of Migdish. You know, if you want it, you can steal it. So you can't give a person an opportunity to do an Avera. So here you want to do a mitzvah and you're doing an Avera. So that's a big problem. And it's a problem that a lot of people have. There's a, a million Kirov organizations and there's questions about restaurants and caterers. What do they do? And the answer is as follows. All you have to do is put something out. If you put out on the table a bencher, and then when you're eating the food, open the bencher up and say the brach out of the bench, even though you know it by heart. Now, the bench is there. They see you taking it out. And they can do it. That's sufficient. That's not misleading anybody. And then, you know, they, they have the availability. If you want, some people put on the wall. I have a, uh, is like a, an alamichia piece. You can get a reina fasha. You can get a, a shahako part. And a bracha vishona list of the different bracha vishonas with the pictures uh, for the kids. They have plenty of these things. You can find it in a, in a sfarim store. You can, you can post it. And that's all you have to do. If it's visible to them, that's fine. You don't have to stick it in front of their nose. You could you say, you know, and it's good if you say the bracha off the chart, even if you never do it, just at least for these people. And then they now see that this is the way to write the bracha. The same thing happens with washing. You're going to wash for hamotzi. Usually what happens is we're going to make kiddush, we're going to wash for hamotzi, take the people in the kitchen, everybody walks in, they walk, you walked in, they walk in. But if a person sits there and doesn't get up, they well, we're washing now, but they don't get up out of their seat. What are you supposed to do? So, I mean, the best thing is, of course, to accompany them in, make a little bit more of a deal out of it, and you accompany them into the wash in the kitchen. And they see you washing. Now, let's say they don't want to wash. You can't make them. You cannot make anybody do, do, do it. And you're not over any avera. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. And you shouldn't force people. You should say, now we're washing, that's fine. And everyone will get up, that's good. And making the bracha... Uh, you can, you, as I say, you can post it and you can read yourself out of a, off the wall or out of the booklet, or out of the adventure. There's another thing you can do, and we've done this many times, is that you recite a bracha achrona or even the whole benching for the people who are uh, there. And this way, um, not, I'm not saying for the people who can bench, people who should bench have to say out themselves, but you'll say, I'm going to bench out loud and everybody just answer amen. And that, that works. And it, they've done that very effectively. So there are ways to handle that. Okay, next. Another caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the year. Can we help you? Yes, go ahead. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Hi, Rabbi Wickler. Thank you very much for your program. I always learn something new on it. There's always, it's very insightful, very okay. eye-opening. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, I, I wanted to check with you what the guidelines are. are. Are we permitted to use a microwave oven for both Melchik and Fleshik? Uh, the position of my Rebbe Zatzal, that was Rav Asher Zimmen, is, mm-hmm. that you, is that you can't. I must explain to you that anybody who, expl- who, who can tell you clearly about the microwave is fooling you because there is no clear way to discuss the microwave. If you look at it from one position, it's a kind of a cooking. If you look at another position, it's not cooking. And so, for example, there are those people who hold 
that in a microwave there's no bishalakum. Mm-hmm. Because it's not cooked. It's something else. It's miked. And right. other people say it is bishalakum. And that's a very nice split right there. So if you're saying it's bishalakum, then in a sense you're saying that it, it, that it is, a, is a bishal. And it is cooking. And then if you've cooked meat or milk in there, so now you've made it milchiks or fleishiks. It's a small item. It's closer to a, a usually, they're usually smaller, and they're closer to a, a toaster oven uh, than they are to a large oven. We, our position is that a large oven doesn't really become milchiks or fleishiks. It could become, it could be spillage, but the fact that it's, it, it, and you can't uh, always do things uncovered in there, but, the, but it, it, we don't really care about the outer parts of the oven. But here we are much more concerned because it's more confined and because there is, a, there is intense heat there, it's considered to be a bichel. And if you've ever seen the stuff that's going on in the microwave, you see a lot of vapor going on in there. So that is really an, an, an issue that goes into the walls. And we have, a, we have a, my, my Rebbe Zatzal taught that if it becomes treif, you can't kasher it. That's his, his position. On the other hand, other people took the position that it, uh, let's say, it, it isn't cooking, that it isn't this, it isn't that. See, if you look at it, there's so many shilas. Like if you make a chal inside there, and they, originally they were making some things they call chalas, is, mm-hmm. is, is that something that you could, you could say a mozi on? Is, that, is, it really, uh, is it really cooked? You know, what is it? So people really don't have a handle on it. Just like, for example, electricity on Shabbos. Tell me what electricity is. Nobody could tell you what the halach of electricity is. There are differences of opinion from right to left. Some people call it the Rabbanan. Some call it the Raisa. Some say it's Makabapatish. Some say it's Boina. Some say it's Aish. Uh, say what you want. Everybody has a different opinion. It's not clear. These things, you have to deal with the halacha, but they're not clear what they actually are. And therefore, uh, I suppose it depends on who you ask. But if you asked me or you asked my Rebbe uh, Zatzal, they would, we have to say that it's it's uh, that that, it's, that it, you can ha- not use it for milchiks and fleishiks, and if it becomes treif, it's a big problem. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Thank you very I, much. I thought I thought you can kosher it with just putting a glass of water That's in there. That's why I and said it, to you, you called me. You had you uh, made a mistake. You have to get yeah. the right numbers. If you want, if you want all the uh, leading into opinions, you'll have to find another number. I I didn't make the what I told you. And I'm not any, looking. For and opinions. anybody who knew of Usher Zimmerman knew that he was yeah. a straight shooter. And and I'm I'm telling you, he was more makele in terms of the oven than Ramosha Feinstein and the, and the Hasidim. He held that you could use it. For milk is inflation. You don't have to wait eight. To, you don't have to wait twenty-four hours. He told me you don't have to wait twenty-four seconds. But there is a, there is something to do about kashering there. And if if you haven't heard it from me properly, then I I, I have to owe you another time to go through it. Or you can okay. call me at three at the office seven one eight three three six eight five four four, and I'll tell you the entire deal about uh, the, how the oven works. Okay. okay. If thank you, you so much. Thank you. And thank you for calling. Uh, now I have somebody asking over here. If you can please announce this on the radio that Snapple Fruit Punch has an okay, but it's a mistake in not kosher because it's being sold in the, it's being sold in from stores. Snapple Fruit Punch has an okay and it's not really kosher. I don't know the truth. If you have to contact the okay, that's 718-756-7500. If that's true, I don't know. But I will tell you that next week, 
is the big special. Uh, free is a big special. Oh, Rabbi Stigman sending that in? <laughs> oh, Rabbi Stigman is the okay. So everybody should know when, again, the fruit punch um, is not kosher. Fruit punch from Snapple is not kosher. Even if it says okay on it, do not use fruit punch from Snapple. Okay, I just want to mention that people are going to get interested in this next week. So I'm, you can tell everyone that I, I jumped the gun. This Tomorrow is the beginning of July. And then July 4th is Friday, which means that next Friday is that, what is it? 7-11. So people who are in the know know that in seven on 7-11, the 7-11 stores give out free Slurpees. So there's going to be a million people going to the, the 7-11s. We do not recommend going to 7-11s other than the one that we do know in this neighborhood that is uh, has the cuff K on part of their things, at least what we mentioned in the past, which is on Avenue J and East 16th, I believe it is. Check with the OK with the Cuff K, and I'll give you the number just to make sure because it may not be signage in the store. That's 201-837-0500. That's the Cuff K's number. 201-837-0500. And you'll check with them with the Cuff K whether that particular store is under the Ashkocha and what's included in the Ashkocha. And then you go, you get your seven, go to your store there and you get your free Slurpees. Now, there is a problem. The problem is Chil Hashem. There are going to be buses of kids coming from the camps. There are going to be all kinds of people jumping into that store like crazy. And it's an Erev Shabbos to boot when everybody wants to take a drink Erev Shabbos. And, and probably it'll be a hot day too, I'm predicting. So, so here you go. You have to make a little bit of, uh, have a little seichem. You walk in there, act like a mensch. I remember being with a Hasidic Shiyid who was a Talmud Chochem. And don't ask, I ended up at a Tish. It's a rare thing. And I was with him, and he said, come with me. We'll get Shirayim from the Rebbe. So I don't know the other Rebbe. I didn't this, I didn't want. He said, come with me. And as he walked, people were trying to get ahead of him. If they got ahead of him, no pushing. No pushing, no shoving. He conducted himself all his life like the tzaddik that he was. And a person, there's no such thing as, I had to push. What am I supposed to do? The answer is no. You have to make your kiddush Hashem. That's what you can do. And everybody should think about that when they're going into these massive situations with so many people pressing in. And free is the best price. So next week, if you happen to be in one of these places, so have in mind, Kiddush Hashem, Kiddush Hashem. Okay, any other callers? Yeah, here yes, we go. No. You're on the Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I'd like to ask about the corn and frozen mixed vegetables, if that's a problem. It is, Rabbi, I don't know the Hashgacha that you're looking at, because there aren't too many, there aren't too many like Hashgachas that they... Or any of the kosher companies, but they have corn in their mixed vegetables. Okay. So is that a problem? There aren't too many... I don't think there's any from places left that doing the mixed vegetables for some reason that I don't know. But the answer is, it's not a problem if in a in a if in mixed vegetables or in frozen, you know, whatever you find the corn that's plain corn, not corn in the cup, or that's the baby corn. Those are acceptable. Yes. Thank you very much. Mama. You're certainly welcome. 
uh, you have another caller? No. Okay, perfect. So if anybody would like to call in, they can. Let me just uh, say a word about what people are texting in about. Um, there's somebody here says, oh, you never answers the phone anymore. <laughs> untrue, untrue. You, what, they mean, what he means is, or she means is, that when you, call, when you contact the OU, they will have to call you back. You know why? Because of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people calling. They will call you back. You have to call there. You go 212-563-4000, and you go to the, the, the section dealing with Kashris, and you leave your message, and they'll call you back. In addition to that, you can go to a website. They have their website. is ou.org, ou.org. And you type in, I mean, I'm sorry, you you type in a question where they call the Weber Rebbe, the Weber Rebbe, and they answer the question over over the internet to you, research. The person who works there now knows a lot, and he farms it out and asks the other people and answers it to you. And that's an authoritative answer. So really, that's just as easy as, as, as as the calling. And of course, you're not going to get an answer in one minute, but the answer is going to be sent to you. The question they have now and the answer will be sent to you, it won't take as long as you think. I don't know the exact time amount, but that's the way life is today because everybody is being deluged. Okay. As I say, free is always used. I get another caller? Okay. You're on, yeah. You're on Kasha Sunday. Yeah. Can I help you? Yeah. What's the Hopkins number again? 201 837. Yeah. Zero five zero yeah. zero. Zero five zero zero? Correct. Okay, of course thanks. you have to call during day hours, but there's you'll get an answer and you'll get a live person there. And when you call the Cuff K, you'll speak to a secretary and you can ask for the rabbi who handles a particular thing or for a general question, they have certain people. And if you need specific names and you're a little bit lost, so you should look in our guide, which is called the kosher supervision guide. To the two, the one thousand two hundred and fifty-three kosher organizations around the world, and in there it has the specific names of the rabbis, so you know who they ask for. Okay, uh, no more questions. Okay, let's just mention a, a question or two from what people texted in. It, he asked if the non-from person that you would give the food to would put it on his tray for dishes in his home. So let me tell you a secret. Even if he puts in his non, 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 non strafe for dishes in his home, it may not be trafe. Let me tell you why. First of all, if it's cold, the fact that it's on a tray for dish won't matter if the dish was clean. In the case it's hot, he heats it up in, uh, in his oven or his toaster oven or his uh, this and that. So there are may- ways in which it may still be kosher. Person uses the toaster oven; they put a little tin foil there. But use the, they use the microwave. But the Eved, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not the same as we mentioned to this lady earlier. And in the oven, also, it, it wouldn't necessarily be a problem. Now the now the the utensils they have in their house. Well, maybe he didn't use it hot. Maybe he didn't cook food in there for the last twenty four hours, or he didn't cook anything trafe in there for the last twenty four hours. He may not have eaten trafe for years, even though you think he's not from. He may not eat uh, what we call treif. He may have, 
you know, doesn't eat pig and he doesn't eat this and he doesn't eat that. And some people don't, I don't think too many, I haven't met too many people who enjoy eating worms. So I don't think you're going to have uh, as much of a problem. Halakhically, it's not an issue to give something to them that they'll take home. But it is a good idea to, if you want to make a little, I don't know what, what the arrangement is, but let's say you're giving the person regularly food. So I would make up a little a thing that, 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 that told about the bracha and, and give it to them too, if you could do that. If you can't, it's still a mitzvah to share with them, and it's a mitzvah that they should have kosher food, and that's the best we can do. Chila, we try to get them in a situation where they'll make a bracha. Uh, Rabbi, yes. From our experience, that when you go to um, friends that not not from, and uh, we always uh, tell them, you know, listen, we're not eating this stuff, and we're eating this ashgacha, and we. We're asking you if, you, if you don't mind, either we bring it, a disposable uh, dishes, and, uh, you know, or the, basically most of the people are very, very sensitive and understand the situation, and they supply the, the dish, you know, the, the uh, disposable the food. food and all this stuff. With Ashgacha, even, you know, just look, look, uh, listen. Uh, They're very proud and happy to help you. Most of the time, they are very proud and happy. I've had... Many uh, people that have one from relative, let's say a child, and they keep special dishes for them, and they're so careful. They call up with all kinds of shilas. And even just like you're saying, when somebody uh, invites you, when you say, you know, I really can't eat there unless you had kosher, they say, well, where can we get? What can we do for you? Very often that's the response. And it's a big mitzvah to help them. First of all, they'll eat kosher. Uh, secondly, they get a little more sophisticated, and they see that you really want to be friendly with them, and you're not turning, closing the door on them. It's a wonderful opportunity. You know, we had an argument with another, uh, with a lady that claimed, uh, "Why my friend, the from can I eat? I can eat in his house, and he cannot eat in my house." Right. So I explained in a different uh, situation. I told her, "Listen, if you go to Indian person." And you offer him a cow meat. You think it's, a, it's it will be sensitive? It will be nice. I said, what pitom? Chas vechalila. You know, so that's exactly the same situation. Sure. We cannot eat by you, uh, but you can eat by us if you don't. If you suddenly, if you are Indian and I provide you a beef steak, it's it's won't it won't be appropriate. Right. So this is exactly the same situation, and people, most of the people, understand it. I do think so. I do think so. And the, the topics we've talked tonight about, if, if in the very beginning, was the Balchuva integrating himself into the regular community and the community dealing with the Balchuva. We, we took into account how he starts out, how he decides to make his way in, going step by step, and, and choosing some standards when he gets into the Yiddishkeit and adjusting to his family, and when, at what time he becomes trusted by us as a community, and his growing and learning constantly throughout his life. I enjoyed the topic. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And we hope to, uh, to join you next week. We hope to have a guest next week. I believe Rabbi Nemes will be joining us. Uh, and we'll be, he was with us again last year. And we'll see if we'll hopefully be again with us next, next week. So until next week, I, this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir's Magazine. And if you want to reach us, whether to get a subscription or to ask a question or to make suggestions for the show, call us at 718-336-8544. And have a wonderful week.